0: In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. This morning's collect is one of the colics I quote most often. It's that wonderful colic that refers us to what Holy Scripture is about. It is wonderful, blessed Lord. You have caused all Scripture to be written for us to learn. Call us to read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest so that we might find endurance. It speaks so beautifully to what scripture is for and what scripture truly is about. I think so often we go to the Bible and we've been told so many things about this book that in fact truly aren't real and are misleading in how we have come to use that wonderful spiritual tool. It was John Calvin during the Reformation that said that scripture is all we need to understand and find salvation. Now the Anglican Communion has broadened that a little bit more, that it is scripture, reason and tradition that provides all we need for salvation. And it's interesting to me that even 2,000 years after the Bible has been put together, it continues to be the number one selling book throughout the world. So there is something not just sacred, but so deep about scripture that it resonates in our hearts and in our souls. And when we look towards The media today, whether it be our music, movies, our books, for those who are truly aware of what is contained in Scripture, you see the themes of Scripture throughout. But what is that thing we call the Bible truly meant to be? It contains the truth, not a truth, the truth. When Jesus is brought to trial before Pilate and says to Pilate, I have come before you to represent or bring forth the truth, Pilate asks, what is truth? The truth of who Jesus is. The truth of who God is. And who God was and is and will be and how God loves us is all contained in Scripture. And that is what Scripture is for and what Scripture is about. As I look at the Bible today from start to finish, I see there are three undeniable truths that you get from that book. The first and foremost truth, as we find right in Genesis, it tells us who God is, who created this universe, and all that is within it. It speaks to God's desire for a relationship with that creation and with the pinnacle of that creation being humankind itself. It talks of God's love for humankind, even when we have failed him over and over and over again. And that message is culminated in John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son, that those who choose to believe in him will not die, but have everlasting life. That is the first and undeniable truth of the Bible. The second truth is about the faithfulness of God to humankind and God's not only willingness, but constancy in fulfilling God's promises to us. And that is truly what the whole of the Old Testament into the New Testament shows us. Right from the beginning of the fall forward, the story is always about God's plan, God's desire to restore humanity to righteousness, to a right relationship with us. And so as we read through the stories of the Old Testament and move into the story of the gospel, what we see is the constancy of God trying new and different things to bring us to right relationship, culminating in the crucifixion itself. The sacrifice of Christ, his only Son, so that we might have a chance or the ability to find our way to redemption. And it speaks highly of God's grace for humanity and willingness to forgive us despite ourselves. The third truth is what it means to be faithful. As people of God in Romans 4 Paul points to Abraham as the righteous man but what is it that made Abraham a righteous man before God it's probably not that he lived any better life than anybody else around him It was about Abraham's steadfastness in his trust in God. When the angels come and tell him that he will be the father of a great nation, Sarah laughed. And why was that? Because she was beyond childbearing years. She was a barren woman. And so the angel says, through your wife Sarah, you will be the father of a great nation and many nations. And Sarah questioned, but Abraham believed. And the child didn't come forth immediately. But Abraham stayed fast in his trust in God and saw it through to the birth of Isaac and even have faith in God when we have that story that we all scratch our heads about, when he's called to sacrifice Isaac, that somehow Abraham still trusted that God would fulfill God's promise to him and create the great nation that is now Israel. The Book of Job. We all get lost in the weeds of that story. But ultimately, what is it that makes Job righteous? Is that through the calamity, through the disasters of his life, thrown at him by the devil. Job does not give up on God. And in the end, the story tells us that after all that he has lost, God restores him. In today's gospel reading, the disciples gaze upon the temple A wonder of the world of that time, built upon a mount 30 feet high, in every block in place, well over two tons, a marvel of human ingenuity, a marvel of space dedicated to God on the very mount that tradition tells us where Abraham came to sacrifice Isaac. It was impenetrable, and it was the symbol and the center of Jewish faith in that time. But Jesus is telling them, don't put your faith there. Don't put your trust in something that is man-made, because you will be let down. Trust in something that is truly impenetrable. Trust in the faithfulness of God. And sure enough, in 70 A.D., to the surprise of all Israel, Vespasian's forces come in, and to this day, you will see those two-ton blocks still lying scattered all around the Temple Mount, a testimony to the penetrability of man, but the impenetrability of God. And ultimately, what... Scripture tells us, is its final truth. God always follows through on God's promises. And even in those times when we scratch our heads and wonder like we do today, where is God? Has God forgotten us? The truth is, is that no, God has not forgotten us. It is not our worry about when the time will come, but to have faith that that time will come. In two weeks' time, we shift our focus from this season of Pentecost and we move into the season of Advent. And we rejoin with the ancients of Israel and wait, not for the fulfillment of the first promise, but for the fulfillment of the second promise when we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom ancient Israel, for the kingdom to come, the new Jerusalem. Where all the world, all peoples and nations, bow before God and the light of God shines in every corner and nook and cranny of the world. It is to that truth that the Bible offers us hope. With the knowledge that if we are steadfast, that time will come. Hold on through your faith, for God is truly faithful, amen.